0: Leonard, we're looking at the sacraments and your book, Hatch, Match and Dispatch, and we've moved on now to the sacrament
1: of penance. Penance uh, has a really complex history, and uh, I must admit I found this a very challenging one to write. Firstly, because uh, the actual penance as we know it has evolved and developed so much. In the early church, you could only go to confession once in your life. And uh, that became difficult in the early church because sometimes if you went too early and then you sinned again, well, what happens? You had to just rely on the mercy of God. So it wasn't as though you could go every Saturday or anything like that in the early church. But then they had a pastoral problem to deal with. And that was, what did they do do with people who had um, put into authorities Christians um, to the Roman authorities who were martyred? And then later, they wanted to come back into the life of the community. And so they had to have a process, they thought, and rightly so. Um, This wasn't cheap grace. To come back into the life of the community, you had to go through a process of the order of penitence A process for being forgiven and I really was very touched by this when I was researching it because I thought about these communities there would be mothers and fathers who could be in a community where someone was going through the process of being reconciled to the community again say in the third or second century of Christianity whose own children could have died because of what that person had told the Roman authorities and so it was an act of the whole community it was not just Christ's forgiving because christ's forgiveness has always been limitless we've always believed that it's also an act of the community so it's those two things and it was about getting back to the table it wasn't about getting to the table it was about getting back in communion so we lost a bit of that later it then becomes uh, much more common and by the seventh century people were now the, the monasteries were flourishing here in ireland and all around the world and uh, people were going for what we would now say spiritual direction And that's really where we get penance as we understand it today, where this one-to-one moment Uh, becomes much more important and the primary way that most people had celebrated the sacrament. And then we became, um, unfortunately, what went with that by the 10th and 11th century, this gets a bit complex, but where people then start to feel terribly unworthy, God couldn't forgive them. And this became very difficult. And the church needed to bring in a universal law, which is with us to this day, that you had to go to communion once a year. People around the 9th, 10th, 11th centuries had stopped going to communion completely all the time because they weren't worthy of God's love. So the Second Vatican Council, jumping all the way, the Second Vatican Council then went back to the earliest days of God's gratuitous gift of love, of uh, that we are forgiven by Christ and we're meant to be forgiving people. And that as the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So it isn't that sacrament's not just about me getting forgiven and being right with God, but in turn, it's a pay it forward moment. You've got to go and give that sacrament to everyone that you meet in the way that you are reconciled as well. I tell a story in the book about my Auntie Margaret, who um, was a very uh, well-credentialed surgical nurse. And in 1955, she was the night charge nurse of St Vincent's Hospital in Sydney. The nuns worked seven to seven seven a.m. to seven p.m. The lay staff took over at seven p.m. to seven a.m. And my auntie Margaret tells the story. She's dead now, but she tells the story about uh, how one Tuesday night in 1955 she raced from case to case to case to case and hadn't eaten for twelve hours. Came went home straight after work, cooked herself up a big plate of bacon and eggs. and and devoured it pretty quickly. She was just starving. She thought her flatmate, who was another registered nurse at the hospital, must have been working a late. There was no sign of her. But next minute she walks through the door and she's sporting a big black ash on her forehead. Oh my God, it's Ash Wednesday, and she's just eaten the bacon and eggs. Now my (laughs) Auntie Margaret was not a religious zealot. She wasn't a nut or anything like that. She was a very normal Catholic for 1955. So she said she now thought she was in a state of serious mortal sin that could never be forgiven. So she jumped up, raced off the loo to try and make herself throw up. When that wasn't successful, she got on the bus and was taken to, which would take her to the first place in Sydney where you could go to confession, which is St. Patrick's Church, Church Hill. Now, here's how we believe this sacrament worked. Before she got on that bus and got successfully in the church, which she did, imagine if she got run over by the bus. There was always a bus accident in the old days. So we're always going to be run over by a bus. But if we were run over by a bus, we thought she was going to go to God and God was going to say, Margaret, you've been a wonderful person. You've looked after the poor. You've nursed them. You've loved them. You've gone to Mass. You've said your rosary. You've been a terrific woman. But Margaret, what are we going to do about the bacon, honey? I'm sorry, the bacon is a deal breaker and off to hell for eternity for you. And we can laugh about that now, but people passionately believe that. Some Catholics still do. And I've discovered that actually this sacrament, we have to work very hard on trying to stop people's trauma of it. People have actually been traumatized by this sacrament. Some terrible things were said, terrible things were done, and the image of God that came out of it was a tyrannical God. And that's why the film I used for this um, sacrament it's the mission, and all about the Jesuits in South America and how being forgiven, being set free to love. That's what this sacrament is about: is decluttering, getting the clutter out of our head, our heart, and our lives. Actually, sometimes physically getting decluttering in our lives, so that we might have some room for love, room to be a more loving person. That's the grace. Of the sacrament of reconciliation and penance.
0: Yeah, and the word grace is interesting there because what struck me about it, because I was one of those people who was very wounded by confession as a young child and who felt that, you know, you had to nearly make up sins and it was really very. A transactional Mm. way of working with God that wasn't healthy at all I would say even though in itself the process of being able to go to somebody and unburden yourself and know that you're looked after and forgiven is actually a gift if it's done properly but I think one of the things that struck me in later years is that very often our sins and inverted commas are around relationships and hurting people And that part of that grace can also be something for healing me and healing maybe the people I've hurt
1: as well. I um, try and bring people up to speed in the book about the new theology around sinfulness because I passionately believe in sinfulness. The problem is the word now is so loaded that some people either reject it entirely and just don't want to hear it, or secondly, they're caught up in it so much they can't hear anything else. And I had a great spiritual director once who used to say, that one of the great gifts that Christ gives us is to take our eyes off the sinner and look to the Saviour. And so we're not meant to focus on ourselves so that that sacrament tended to do that. It was all about me. Actually, the sacrament's all about Christ. Pope Francis said in the Year of Mercy, There is nothing we have ever done for which God's mercy is not greater. So I use another word for sin in a lot of theology of sacraments. Now, when it comes to penance, they talk about our destructive behavior and starts to pick up um, the mortal sin, mortalis, deadly. It can kill off your life. If we use other language, we can describe exactly what we have traditionally said, but in a way that people can hear, they can enter back into it because I know that every so often, not often, but every so often, I will do things that destroy something in me and sadly destroy something in other people, the relationships you're talking about. So actually we can reclaim the concepts, but we might not need to find a new language to invite people back into the discussion and that Christ comes to all of it to offer healing and peace and love and reconciliation.
0: Because yeah, there is an issue, really, I think, nowadays. It is one of the sacraments that the attendance has monumentally oh, dropped. Absolutely. And Every that, the that's world. speaking. That's saying something.
1: It is, yeah. And yet, interestingly, I think you and me and, and many people that are with us right now, I've been through very powerful experiences of the sacrament. And actually, it's been my honour as a priest to preside over the sacrament, where someone walks in and says... I haven't been to confession, as they would often say, I haven't been to confession for 40 years. And the first thing I always say is, welcome home. Welcome home. Because it's Christ who's forgiving, it's Christ who's inviting, and it's Christ who's reconciling. So all I've got to do is utterly, as Pope Francis has been so strong in saying, be the utter presence of Christ's compassion to that person. And then amazing grace can happen, and it does.